let's talk about the scriptures. Do you love, love Jesus? Yeah. And do you love the scriptures? Amen. I love the scriptures. The scriptures are really the utterances of God. Uh, we taught on that a while back, uh, the oracles of God. And the scriptures are the utterances of God. And God gave us his words, his thoughts in the scriptures. So now we know how God thinks because we have the holy scriptures. Uh, today, I want to talk about the Christmas story. This is the second message in the Christmas story. And I have, uh, in I've titled it, uh, The Christmas Story, uh, Announcement of Christ's Birth. And let's, let's just jump right into it. Uh, the angel Gabriel is seen in Scripture in the book of Daniel, and he's also seen in the New Testament. It's, it's amazing. He's a, he's a major figure uh, in, the, in, the, in the Bible because he is God's messenger. We found that the angel Gabriel came to a priest, uh, Zechariah, who was doing service in the temple, uh, just going about uh, his business, doing, doing uh, burning incense, offering prayers, etc. And suddenly there was an angel standing at the right side of the altar. And, uh, and uh, Zacharias was concerned. Of course, I'd be concerned too if one just came and stood up in front of me. You know? And so he was concerned, deeply troubled. And of course, the angel told him not to fear. And that, that's always a command. It's not a request. So when the angels, we find that they would always say to someone who saw one, don't fear, the person was suddenly not unafraid. You know, that's, that's tough, isn't it? I mean, amazing, really. It's amazing because if uh, a lion were in front of me and you said, don't fear, it doesn't do anything for me. You know? <laughs> but but, but the, this angel spoke, and every time an angel spoke, don't fear, the person did not fear. Well, the angel gave Zechariah some really good information. He said to him, and I use information not just as something uh, to say, but as things that are formed in us that... that that if we internalize them, they become substance and something of, of great importance. And he gave him some really good information. Your prayers have been answered. C can you imagine that? Your prayers have been answered. I love to have my prayers answered, don't you? Uh, you know, more and more, if I may say, my prayers are being answered more and more, more and more. And I want to give you a secret one day if you will remind me to give you that secret. He said, your prayers have been answered. Uh, your, your wife, Elizabeth, is going to conceive, and she's going to have a, 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 a child, a son. And, uh, and he was telling him about the, the glorious, because they had been praying. Elizabeth had been barren, and uh, without a doubt, the people had been whispering because they equated childbearing with God's blessings. And if you were not bearing children, you were a sinner. You were sinning. You, were, you had some secret. And, of course, people do that now. You know, uh, if, if you're not doing as well, things aren't going as well as they think they should go, they should be going for you, they'll think that person is sinning, that that person is doing something wrong because I know my God and he wouldn't let them go through that if they were righteous, you know, things like that. Well, these, this was the kind of whispering that people were obviously uh, whispering behind Elizabeth's back, you know, she's barren. She's barren. And, and never did they look at the litany of, uh, uh, of uh, the list of, bar of barren women in the Bible. You know, the wife of the father of the faith, Abraham's wife was barren. Uh, uh, up until, if I can use my uh, East Texas expression, up until 90 years old. 
Can you imagine a 90-year-old woman saying, I'm going to have a baby? Can you imagine I mean, so, so their history was rife with, with, with miracles from God. And also, um, uh, Rachel had been barren, and, and God healed her womb. Uh, Hannah was barren, and God healed her womb. So God was in the miracle-working business. But uh, Zechariah said, uh, I'm old. Now, he was at least, he, he, he was cognizant enough to understand that he was old. And he was also cognizant enough not to say his wife was. So he said she was well advanced in years. I, I, I like that. And so he, he goes, he goes on and says, so it's impossible for God to do something. That's what he was, he was uh, implying. It's impossible for God to do something. And even today, we say some, some kind, some uh, nonchalant way, you know, like happy-go-lucky, carefree way. We go, well, I don't know now. As though God needs something to make something from. You know, you know we, we, we have to get this together. I, I love this time of season because it reminds me of God's great miracles of, uh, of causing a, a girl who is a virgin to have a child. That's big for me. You know, how do you do that, God? The same way you make dirt without anything to start. You, you do it because you're God. Yeah, you made the earth and planets from nothing. See, we don't know what nothing is because the, what we call nothing is really something. But God made something from nothing. And this is the, the God who sent angel, the angel Gabriel to talk to Zacharias. And he's thinking that, that his age is an impediment to a miracle or his wife's age is an impediment to a miracle. Do you think your situation and circumstances are impediments to miracles? God's going to deliver somebody in this house. No, I'm telling you, God is going to deliver somebody in this house. He's, he, is, he is planning on it. He is actually setting up, up, up circumstances to deliver you, bring you great deliverance. And those prophetic words that he's given to you, he is going to bring them to pass. Amen. Amen. So the story is because he doubted Zacharias doubted what uh, Gabriel brought him. Gabriel said something like this. He said, hey, I'm Gabriel. <laughs> you know, is that right? You know, I'm Gabriel. That's, that's more powerful than in the old days when people were wondering, uh, you know, who was going to win the basketball game. And Michael Jordan said, I'm Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, that's a lot bigger. I'm Gabriel. You know, I don't want to be like Mike. I want to be, like, be, be like Jesus now. But I'm Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God, and I just came from heaven to tell you what God wants for you, and you're saying, I don't know. I just told you God's going to deliver somebody here. God's going to help somebody. God's, God, God's going to bring something that you thought was long past. God's going to do it for you. Yes, he's going to do it for you. I sense that very strongly in my heart. So Gabriel said to, to Zacharias, okay, this is going to be the sign. That, that I'm telling you the truth. You're not going to be able to talk. You're not going to be able to express doubt and unbelief until that boy is born. And so that's the story. Now, coming on, of course, he goes back. He goes out of the temple. Everybody knows he's had a, a miraculous encounter with God. He goes home. And, uh, and shortly thereafter, we're going to tell you about that later. But right now in verse 26, he says, Now in the sixth month of the 
the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. And I love the scripture because he says in the sixth month, this is the sixth month of something that happened after Zechariah got home. And it's in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. And, and uh, the scripture wants you to know, Luke wants you to know that these are real persons because um, uh, the virgin that Gabriel was sent to uh, was betrothed to a man named Joseph who was of the house of David, of the lineage of David, and uh, his betrothed wife was Mary. And he said, now, he says, and having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. That means you are who especially honored, rejoice. You are especially honored, he's saying to her. God sent me to tell you that you are special. That's big to me. That's so big. And God is saying that to you. When he says, I've heard your prayers, I've heard your cries, I know you feel like you're left out, but I'm going to remember you in this season of your life. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you, Jesus, for that. He says to Mary, the, the Lord is with you. Can you imagine? This season always reminds me that the Lord is with me. No matter, I'm getting older and older, but the Lord is still with me. I understand him better than I ever had in my life. Have a better relationship with him than I've ever had. Because why? The Lord is with me. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. What the enemy is planning to do against you, he cannot do it. His, his purposes against you will not prosper. Why? The Lord is with you. Thank you, Jesus. He said, blessed are you among women. You are highly honored among women. He didn't say you're the highest. He said you are, you are blessed among all these virgin girls. You are blessed. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, then Gabriel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Don't be afraid, Mary. Don't be afraid to, to, to receive what I'm about to say because you have found favor with God. I came from heaven to tell you that. I appreciate the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit has come from heaven to comfort us and to give us understanding of God. Yes, the Holy Spirit came from heaven. He didn't come from around the block. He came from heaven, and he has indwelt you. Hallelujah. Indwelt you. Thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Spirit. And he said, she said, um, and behold, it goes right into his subject matter, you know. Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold. You know, it's like this, what my, my Mrs. Rutledge used to call that a run. You ran that sentence on. That's a run-on sentence. Stop that run-on sentence. But no, I'm not going to say anything to Gabriel, folks. He says to her, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. Behold, look at this. Think about what I'm saying to you, Mary. You're going to... You're going to uh, conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. You shall call his name Jehovah is salvation. I, I love this. Now, Mary's just listening right now. Learn to be a good listener. Always learn to be a good listener. Listen to every word. Listen to everything that's being said. Listen to everything that's being preached. And God will bring it back at a moment when you need it most. So she's going to conceive in a womb, and Mary is just pondering. And I'm, I'm sure she's saying something like, 
I don't know how this is going to happen. I'm a virgin. I don't know, man. I don't know how this is going to happen. And listen to what, what he says about the son that she is going to bring forth. He will be great. I love that. He will be great. You know, Jesus is the greatest person that's ever lived on this planet. There's no one who's ever changed the planet like Jesus has changed it. And he's not finished changing it. His job, he's working in all of us right now to get us ship-shaped. Because we're not all ship-shaped. We've got all of our, we got all of our strange thoughts and thinkings. We're not as kingdom-minded as we ought to be. And, and I know God, God knows that I try to give you kingdom teaching and kingdom preaching all the time to rescue us from our own folly. And, and he says about Jesus, my Savior, and yours, he says, he will be great. And I added he here. He says and. He doesn't add e, but he is implied. I'm sorry, he is implied. And he says, and he will be called the Son of the Highest. And you and I call him the Son of God. The Word of God calls him the Son of God. God calls him the Son of God. He calls himself the Son of God. I'm calling him the Son of God. He will be called the Son of, of the Highest, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, his ancestor David. Now, he's telling her he's going to be great. He's, he's called the Son of God because he is the Son of God. And listen, verse 33, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. So, so this is a promise that God had made to the patriarchs of Israel that he was going to uh, send a Messiah, someone who would take all of God's plan for Israel and bring them to fruition no matter what her enemies uh, were planning against her. He will, he will reign over the house of Jacob. How long? Forever. And so that means the duration of his rulership is forever. It is eternal. It is everlasting. So the God who lives in your heart right now, and this is not just something you ought to take, uh, you know, little note of. Don't be casual about it. The God who lives in your heart right now is ruling and reigning from heaven, and he is seated on the throne of your heart, ruling and reigning in your life. Yes, he is in charge of everything. That means there's absolutely nothing that can happen to you that will sneak up on God. No, you might be surprised, but he's not. And whatever comes against you, he's already worked it out. How do I know? Because he lives inside you. He is working it out for your good. That's an amazing thing. I love Christmas. It reminds me of who he is and what he's done for us and how no weapon formed against you and I can prosper. Thank you, Jesus. He's reigning over the house of Jacob forever. And then just to add a little bit, sometimes uh, we add a little bit to our, our already positive statements, but so the angel adds to it. And he says, uh, and of, the, of his kingdom, the duration, of his kingdom there will be no end. Now, he's already told us this forever, but he says, and of uh, his kingdom, there will be no end. Because the kingdom of God, uh, the Jacob is forever, the house of Jacob is forever, and he says of his kingdom, which includes that. It's much greater than just Israel. It's much greater than just you and me. It, the kingdom of God goes on forever and ever and ever. And that boggles my mind. I don't understand forever, really. I try to. But do you, do you understand forever? If there's anybody in the house you understand forever, you need to say something. 
our son, Marcus, when he was a little boy, about three and a half, maybe four, about three and a half or so years old, we were, we were living in Kingsville, Texas, and we would drive for Corpus for, for, for uh, our church, and we were going back home. And I don't know, my wife and I were talking about eternity or something. And so um, I, I, maybe I was trying to explain it and, uh, or something, and then I looked back in the back seat and I said, Marcus, do you know what eternity is? And he had a little bit of a speech impediment, and he would say, well, oh, well. He said, uh, 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 it's uh, like a date, uh, one along a date that never ends. And I thought, well, I guess that's probably better than I could have given. So Jesus has this amazing, never-ending rulership. Uh, and, and it's not going to be boring because living life with him is not boring. Amen. It's not going to be boring. Don't think, I don't think I want to live forever. What do you want to do, die forever? I want to live forever. Yeah, I want to know what forever is. Let me hurry. Let me hurry. In verse 34, so Mary miraculously conceives. That means that, that the Holy Ghost, uh, the Holy Spirit overshadows her. Let's read the story. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? Now, she's not doubting him. She just wants to know, now, how's God going to pull this off? Because, you know, obviously, she knew a little bit about conception, you know, that, that God made a woman and a man to come together and to reproduce, obviously. And she said, now, how are you gonna, how's God going to pull this off? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Don't you love that? The Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit came upon you, you know what happened? Christ came in you. When the Holy Spirit came upon you, Christ came into you. Do you get that? Come on, Christ lives in you by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's amazing. You know, what we have is so miraculous. You know, even just the Word itself is miraculous. God's Word is miraculous because you and I could say something and nothing happens. But whatever God says happens. <laughs> so, so the Word of God is in you. It's in you for good. Yeah. And when we, back in East Texas growing up, when we said it's in you for good, we, we meant that it, it's in you always. So I mean it like that too. The, yes, the Word of God is in you for good, but also to bring about good, but in you forever. Yes. It surprises me that there's so many believers who want to prove that, that Pastor Don is wrong when he says that God has only one kind of salvation to give you, and that is eternal salvation. They want to make some way that you can go to hell. Well, I grew up in that atmosphere, and it scared something out of me. I won't tell you what it was. I, I lived in constant fear that I was going to go to hell. But one day God spoke to me and said, no, I gave you myself. I gave you my son. He is in you. You cannot go to hell. Amen. Let, let me continue here. The angel said to her, the spirit, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you, overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One, now listen when he calls Jesus, he calls him the Holy One. That Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Uh, and so uh, Reverend Mack and I both 
did not confer on, with, uh, on these messages, but he also pointed that out to, uh, to that Jesus was born a holy one. Unlike you or me, he was born holy. He wasn't, didn't have to get holy. You know, uh, he was born holy. I used to wonder why John the Baptist was baptized with the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb, uh, but the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus at this baptism. I used to, that was a conflict for me. But Jesus didn't have to because he was born holy. And, and, and the Holy Spirit came upon him, empowering him for ministry uh, in a dimension that every man could see, that John could see. And John, thou who was the witness, could testify, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world because I saw the Holy Spirit come upon him like God told me. Hallelujah, somebody in this house. We, we are living in an amazing day. Thank you, Jesus. Let me talk a little bit about this. I'm not going to have time to finish it. But, but let, let, me, let me just talk a little bit, a little bit about this. So when the, 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 the Luke says, uh, the, it records the angel saying, uh, that is Gabriel, saying the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. It's huge. That's huge. The power of, of the uh, highest or this uh, uh, el, el altísimo de Dios, huh? the, the almighty God, the, 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 the great and high God is, is going to overshadow you. And that, 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 that's that's imagery from the temple, from the tabernacle and the temple where they had the compartmentalized outer court, the inner court, and the holiest of holies. And the holiest of holies was the place where God was said to dwell. And, and there was an overshadowing of the Ark of the Covenant there, that was, or the Ark of the Testimony that, that bound God and Israel together. And, and it was an overshadowing. Said, uh, the, the, the theologian says there was a light in there. And, and the holiest of all. And he said, he said to Mary, this is what's going to happen to you. This is what's going to happen to your womb. That the, the almighty God is going to overshadow you. And your womb is going to become uh, a holy, a holy of holies. And, and there God will dwell in your womb. I am so amazed by this amazing God that we have. Because I know even as a male, I have a, a heart. That is a womb of my heart. And you ladies, we have a womb of our heart. And that womb, the most high God, dwells in us in the person of Jesus Christ. That is amazing. It ought to move us. And then he says, he says in verse 36, Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. And, you know, then he says something that we all ought to internalize, and, and we, we must lay hold of this amazing statement, for with God nothing will be impossible. What he is saying, God, we, you got an, an old man, Zacharias, you got a woman who is well advanced in years, his wife, and, and they are going to have a baby, never had one. And they're going to have a baby to fulfill God's plan. See, God had been holding them back because John needed to come when Jesus was coming. Brother Stan talked about Jesus coming in the fullness of time. And, and, and John couldn't come before, before the time. He had to wait. And so sometimes when you and I are waiting, we think that God has forgotten us. But no, what God's going to do for us has a special time. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah, someone. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I remember as a young man, I was thinking God had forgotten me. I don't know, maybe nobody here has been like me. I thought God has forgotten me. I was in my mid-30s and no ministry, a calling, but no sending. And I remember in Freer, Texas, with tears in my eyes saying, I don't think you want me. He said, I've called you. I have not sent you. Many of those you have seen, I called them. I didn't send them. They went on their own. They went. He said, you have not done so. And that's all he said. Sent me to Egypt. Sent me to Egypt. Why, why Egypt? It seems so contrary to the will of God. Why Egypt? I suppose because he wanted to say, out of Egypt have I called my son to do what I have called you to do. Out of Egypt I called you. That's why I believe. You see, we don't know what God has planned for us. It's so good. It's so good. You know, I, I, I said to others, I really believe that we are the Elijah generation. You know, that generation, just like John the Baptist was, was the forerunner of Jesus Christ, he, had, he came in the spirit and the power of Elijah. So let's don't get ahead of God. Let's keep believing no matter what goes on. Let's keep believing and trusting why? Because we have the witness of the Holy Spirit living inside us that we belong to him and that we are in lockstep with him. No weapon formed against us can prosper. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, in Genesis 18, God says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Abraham was 100 years old. Sarah, 90. Is anything too hard for God? Sarah's laughing. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, like really, I'm going to have a child now that I'm 90. <laughs> You're laughing in the tent like, <laughs> and he said, you laughed. No, I didn't. <laughs> you know, God forgave her for that. She had a baby. Is anything too hard for the Lord? He says, I'm going to return at the appointed time. I will return to you about this time next year. About this time next year. And Sarah shall have a son. I'm going to come back about this time next year. And Sarah will have a son. Thank you, Jesus. She did. In Jeremiah 32, Jeremiah says, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm, there is nothing too difficult for you. There is nothing too hard for you. I'm telling you, your situation does not dictate what God is able to do. There is nothing too hard for God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let me, let me say this. Let me say this. Brother James, you can start in two minutes. In Isaiah chapter 7, in verse 10, this, in this story, the, the northern kingdom, Israel, had, it was just totally backslidden. They were God's people, but well, there were just few of them serving God. They got all mixed up in the world. 
Did you hear what I just said? They got all mixed up in the world. Now, I, I find the church doing the same thing today. I find believers all mixed up in the world. They tell me more about the world and what we ought to be doing about the world than they tell me about the Word of God. That's true. But I keep, I keep, I keep my foot on the pedal because I'm, I want you to be all right with us. And, and here in this story, Israel got mixed up with, with Syria, and uh, they were just backslidden, heathenistic, and uh, so they wanted to conspire against the southern uh, kingdom, Judah, and go down and put a puppet king on the throne. And so Ahaz was, uh, was, was, was feigning, you know, pretending to be all pious. He wasn't all that. So the prophet said to him, um, uh, ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. You know, so it doesn't matter. Just ask. Whatever you want, God wants to give you a sign that he's telling you that uh, what, he is the, what he is going to do for you is going to truly come to pass. And so, oh, oh, pretender Ahaz says, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Those were good words, but he didn't mean that. Then he said, hear now, o house of David. Is it a small thing for you to weary men, but will you weary my God also? <clears throat> Isaiah says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. So God says, okay, I gave you an opportunity. I'm going to give you a sign. And God gives him a very tough sign. He says, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Wow. And this is what that did, what happened. So when, when God gave the sign, he says, he says, this virgin girl over here is going to have a baby. And, and before this baby uh, knows right from wrong, I will have dealt with your enemies. I'm going to, re and she's going to name this baby God with us. So he says, I'm going to be with you. And this is what God is saying. When he gave Jesus to us, he's saying to us, I'm going to be with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to be with you. We think Jesus is some talisman, you know, some, some magical portion. No, he's saying, I'm going to be with you. So many of us here have been through such difficulty, were it not for the Lord who on our side. Where would we be today? If it, not, if it were not for God on our side, we wouldn't be here clapping our hands, praising him. No, we would either be in the insane asylum or we'd be in jail for what we had did to that person. Were it not, were it not for God who was on our side. Let Israel say, let Israel say, let the people of God say, God says, I'm going to give you somebody, and his name is Emmanuel, God with us. Let us all say, God is with us. If God were not with you, when your enemies came against you, they would have destroyed you. They were too powerful, but here you are, and there they go. In the name of Jesus, come on, give the Lord a shout. Give the Lord a shout. When Mary, Mary is the fulfillment of this. That little, little virgin girl, little teenager, she's the fulfillment of this. This was talking to Ahaz. That was a, a situation that he could not deny in his life. But God says, listen, it has a greater meaning, a, a greater meaning than this. This, this is going to be... This is going to be meaningful to those of the ages, throughout the ages, in that this young girl 
was going to have a baby and she was going to fulfill this in the spirit in that Jesus Christ was going to be born through this, through this little girl. And then forever, those who have faith in Jesus Christ would have this reality, Emmanuel. So you and I, we have the Emmanuel fulfilled in us. God is with us. God is for us. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Church, let us wake up. Let us wake up to the reality of what Christmas means. What does Christmas mean? It's not a pine tree or a cedar tree. It's Emmanuel. God with us. 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 I don't want you to sit down. I want you to keep, your, keep standing, those of you who are, because I want to read this while you're standing. In verse 39, it says, Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah. And so she, she did not lag. She was not tardy. She was not negligent. She ripped and got into the hill country of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. My wife always would say this, and I would kind of poke fun a little bit in a kind of playful way. But she'd always say, there's an anointing in your hello. You know, and, and I, I would hear her say all of that. There's a, an anointing in your goodbye, honey. You know, she would all, do all that. And I'm thinking, yeah, I, I guess that's right. And one day I was studying for Christmas, and I was reading this, and, the, and this is what Elizabeth said. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. There is an anointing in your hello because why? You carry Emmanuel. You carry Jesus Christ, the righteous, somewhere in your inner being. And so Mary says, hello, Elizabeth. And John the Baptist got the Holy Spirit. A six-month-old baby got the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So when she was filled with the Holy Spirit, we'll see in the next few verses that she spoke things that the angel Gabriel had only told Mary. When you have the Holy Spirit, if you diligently seek the Lord, if you really, really put all these other earthly things aside and and focus on Jesus Christ, he will reveal to you things to come. He told her things he had, that the angel, had, or rather Elizabeth, is now telling Mary things that Mary knew through Gabriel. Now they have even, even though they didn't need confirming for Mary, they are confirmed anyway. So the question is, how did she know the plans of God? She knew by the indwelling Holy Spirit who revealed them to her at that moment. Verse 42 says, then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, I love this because sometimes we're so intimidated by, by loudness. And I don't want loud just to be loud. I, I can't stand that. But sometimes when we're excited about Jesus Christ, we ought to give voice to it. We are not worried about what the heathens who don't know him think. And we don't, and those who are churchgoers among us, we ought not mind too much what they think either. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, a loud voice, a Holy Ghost voice. Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Listen, but why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? How does she know? 
She knew by the Holy Ghost because, because when she heard Mary, when she heard Mary and John was filled with the Holy Spirit, she was filled with the Holy Spirit, and now she could, she could speak the oracles, the utterances of God. Each of you can speak the utterances of God. Why is the mother of my Lord, why should she come to me? For indeed, as soon as the, your voice or the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? She believed. This girl believed. A, a teenager believed. Sure, those of us who are like veterans ought to believe. Some of us are veterans without portfolio. I will not be a veteran without portfolio. I'm going to have some, some experiences with God. I have a history with God. I have a history with God. You have a history with God. What kind of history do you have with God? A history of faithfulness. A history of going beyond what I thought humanly possible. A, a history of being fearful, but he, this poor man cried, and he delivered this poor man from his fears. I'm saying, this Christmas is something. Christmas is not, I know Jesus was probably not born in December. Somebody got it wrong. But it's a good time to celebrate. To talk about the coming of Jesus. Now, now listen to what Mary says. Mary says, and I'm going to read it from the King James because it just sounds better. It's called the Magnificat. When, when Elizabeth spoke those prophetic words over Mary. Mary began to exult in the Spirit. And this is what you and I ought to do when the Holy Spirit moves in one. It ought to cause something in another. Holy Spirit moving on. I don't know if that's the Holy Spirit or not. What? Listen to what she says. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath Rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats, from their thrones, and exalted them of low degree. Now let me just say, he has done it. The only thing that we have not seen is time and space has not kept, has kept us, us rather, from seeing it with our eyes. But he has already done it. Behold, even right now, we are sons of God. We are sons of God right now. This flesh is veiling it, but we are sons of the Most High God. 
That's the reality. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath hope and all. He has helped. He hath helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever, forever, forever. I'll be back in a minute.